All right, welcome to another episode of Let's Go Brandon Green. Now today we have on the show uh, author Jack Houston. Jack, how are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries, man. Well, yeah, I was actually pretty excited um, when you, when you made the call out to come on because you wrote a book, a pretty unique book, and it's about um, all the mishaps in hospital that you've seen as a nurse. And mate, some of these stories. Oh, what 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 do you what what made you write the book? Well, that's a good question. You know, I I was sitting around during the start of this pandemic, and I had just uh, I retired now, and. You know, I couldn't sit still. I had to do something. And I was, I guess I was thinking I should write something. So my young lad knows kind of, you know, when you're old and he can read about you, what you did, that kind of stuff. So I just was sitting on my dock one day, just started writing. And then a friend of mine, she encouraged me to try to get it published. So here we are. And uh, I never intended to write a book. I just started writing some short stories one day and I'm very surprised myself sometimes that I wrote it. But. Yeah, because at the end of when you finish the book, you're like, wow, I did that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I was never really a strong writer in school or anything, you know what I mean? Wouldn't have ever, my family, when they find out I wrote a book, they're like, really? You know, it's kind of, but, but it's going yeah. over well, and so I'm actually working on my second one now. Okay, and what, what, what will that be about? Well, it's just basically a sequel to this one. It's going over well, so I'm just... Uh, you know, that's a book of 36 short stories of uh, things that have happened, but really, I could probably put a thousand stories down. You know what I mean? I've worked for over 30 years in the industry. and Yeah. So these things that happened, were they doctor negligence or like? Well, um... there's a combination. Uh, some of them were negligence by the nurse. Some are just accidents, bad things that happen, and others are just outright criminal, just somebody that's a horrible person doing a horrible thing you know and mm -hmm. you know i don't want to paint the picture that all hospitals and nurses and doctors are evil people but i'm trying to send the message to You'd people that not. you know but but you know sometimes people are given this uh, hierarchy type thing like if if you're a doctor well then you know everything or you're a nurse in certain areas people put you on this pedestal like oh the nurse said i have to do this but I want people to realize sometimes when either you or your family members in the hospital and something doesn't seem right, don't be afraid to speak up, you know, because mm -hmm. often if your gut's telling you this, there's something not right about what, what's going on here, often you're right. You know what I mean? So speak I don't up want and to be challenged, questions. though. They don't, sorry, they don't like to be challenged? Yeah, I've never seen a doctor like to be second questioned about his diagnosis. No, they... um. A lot of the time, they don't like to be challenged. I mean, some are okay with it, but uh, too bad, you know. It's not really so much of a challenge. If something's not going right and you just you ask the question, hey, why does this happen? It doesn't seem right to me. You know, often they'll give you a good answer and make it'll make sense. But sometimes it'll just want them to better the understanding. Like, yeah, but sometimes, you know, when you ask a nurse a question or a doctor, they'll kind of stop for a minute and then, follow it up with one of their questions and then they'll realize, oh shit, we, we, this is wrong. You know, yeah. we need to change this. Yep. So but, definitely talking is how you, communications how, is one aspect of getting a diagnosis. Yeah. But you know, most of the world is so busy now, like nurses everywhere are so short staffed. You're lucky to mm. ever see one during the shift, you know, so you just assume everything's happening the way it should be and it's not. It's really not, sadly. 
Well, that that is unfortunate, and that that's what you've seen um, from Canada and USA. Correct. Yeah, most of these stories are from the uh, Houston area. Some from Canada. Mm-hmm. I kind of bounced and, around um, a bit. Right, and would you say you've seen much difference between the hospitals in Houston versus Canada? Um. Yes. Uh, you know, in Canada, everything's paid for, so. You know, I don't ever have to see somebody like I've in Texas. Lots of times I've seen people selling everything they have, their house, their car, everything so that their wife can get cancer treatment or things like that. Or I've seen people that, you know, a new fresh motor vehicle accident, sometimes a spinal injury. If we treat it right away and get them in rehab, we can get them walking again. But, you know, in Texas, if you run out of money, well, out you go. You're discharged. You know what I mean? And you are kicked out on the street. Well, I mean, it, yeah, basically. Well, they're not progressing well. No, they're not progressing well because they ran out of money. You know, mm. everything's about money. And sadly, that's sure. not the way healthcare should be, but it, but it certainly is. Like, I've been in charge of a 55-bed medical surgical unit, so I'm the boss, and I have 22 patients myself. So, yeah. Nobody's getting good care there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so you are a predominantly American. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, most of these stories are from Houston. A few from Canada, but uh, yeah. And would you go back and be a nurse again? I think uh, I might do some part time right now. I'm enjoying being done. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm doing some other things, uh, you know, took a bit of an early retirement and I don't know, I might go back and do a little bit of part-time stuff, but I, I got to say, I'm kind of glad I missed the pandemic there because that's my goodness, my coworkers, I talked to some of them and it's hell what they're going through. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. Um, uh, well, what about the fact that you were beginning to write like something you you're talking about you you're writing and then it just turned into a book um it just yeah so you're writing just a, a brief what one day you were just writing like one or two descriptions about your working life and then it just became a book well when i got enough of them i showed them to a friend of mine and a couple of people and they're like yeah you should publish it get it made into a book and i'm like well no nobody i don't think that's going to work but anyway um I decided what and, the and hell. And you've self-published this or yes. how's it been? Yeah, yeah. I self-published it, yeah. Yeah, and where, where mainly um, are your sales been so far in, in the USA? Um, most of my sales are in the US. It seems to be the biggest uh, population, I guess. I guess a lot of them come from Amazon, but it's it's sold on 10 different platforms. Like in Australia, it's on the Amazon, you know, there. And you get it digitally as well? Yeah, it's digital, uh, digital, and it's on all the major, about 10 different uh, platforms that it's on. Of course, you can order it from any store as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And have you reached out to any uh, publishers? Um, No, I've just, I mean, the one I dealt with, but, um, you know, I just went through them and uh, just starting the ball rolling here. I think once you publish, self-publish, the publishers usually want to carry it right through from the... uh, from the start to the finish, you know? Yeah. Okay. And t- take over a bit. Um, and also, who would be your main um, audience here? I'd say you'd get a lot of people 
coming into the um, into the medical um, industry, like nurses themselves, they'd be well, interested in reading this? You know, I wish I knew that the answer to that because I've been trying to myself figure it out from, you know, I, I wrote this for the layman, you know, because every nurse has their own stories, but a lot of nurses are buying it actually. And, um, yeah. you know, older people buy it and I just, I've had some young kids in their mid twenties buy it, a couple teenagers and some of my reviews, I had a review, a young girl, I think she's 22 or three. She uh, put a nice review on there saying, I was always thinking of being a nurse. Now I know I want to be a nurse for sure. And all this kind of stuff, which is nice to hear, you know, because, you know, I mean, and you know, it meant something to somebody, right? Yeah. Um, what, and what about, have you had any feedback from nurses or doctors? Yeah, I've had quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of feedback. Um, most nurses will say, yeah, I, you know, they start telling stories themselves. I remember a time like that or this or that, but they say, you know, good book it makes sense it's very fitting for what uh for what they've seen and their experiences that type of thing but uh most of the best reviews that are the more colorful ones and really complimentary come from the layman i think because it's such an eye-opener to them you know it's, i think like any job you don't know what it's what it's all about until you get doing it and um you know i remember when i was just a student my dad said well it shouldn't be that hard to be a nurse Give an old lady a pillow, tuck her in. Somebody's got a headache, give them a pill. And I'm thinking, can you imagine? Like, that's that's the way some people think of a nurse, you know? Like, yeah. Hospitals we, are busy places. We and do how a little have, more than that. You, how long were you a nurse for? Um, I think around 32 years. Wow. So you're not just someone who just came in, was a nurse for a year or two, and wrote a book and said, I'm out. You've, no. You've, no, and in fact, you know, when whenever we'd have a crisis at work or something big go down, you know, and you'd be frustrated, somebody was always saying, I remember this one guy was always saying, oh, you could write a book about this place. And I've always thinking in the back of my head, I probably should do that, write a book. And, you know, you think well, about yeah, that. And then when I retire. all the TV shows, House and all, all that, you know, that's um, you're, you're the real life, you know, that yeah. they make TV shows on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, only thing with this is it's they're all – real stories and they're not made up but um you know some of them are kind of hard stories like a rape and uh, you work in the psychiatric wards right uh yeah and the the rape i believe was yeah just things that should not have been going well, it, on it was horrible i didn't know what to think when i first went in the room i see this guy he's got her diaper to her knees and he's on top of her trying to get off and trying to get dressed and he's yelling at me we need time for our marital duties and and she was just you know just petrified because she didn't know him anymore you know she had been in a coma she came out of yeah. a coma but so much brain damage she didn't know him so it was it was clearly abuse so you know i put a stop to it well i threw him in the hall really and uh, called the doctor called the supervisors okay, we're going to have to talk to him. We're going to, you know, he's got to come to terms with things. And, you know, this just isn't right. And and I thought everything was left in good hands. You talk to your supervisor and the doctor, you know, apparently it wasn't. I went away and I come back after a few days off and they got rid of my notes even. They even took my notes that I charted on this, on the issue. And so got I just rid wanted of them. you to 
it's easier that if nothing's said, I guess that's what they were thinking. Yeah, but they, they got rid of my notes. They even tested her to see if she was pregnant, and they uh, luckily she wasn't. I found my notes. They were put in the old storage, you know. But uh, so then I flipped out, and I said, that's enough. I'm going to the state police, and, you know, Marvin Zimmer, the big guy that uncovers everything at the time down there, big news reporter. And, and uh, yeah. then my manager slapped me in the face. She hit oh. me hard, for big girl. She hit me like I seen stars. I literally seen. I thought I'm gonna. I lied here. And um, anyway, all of a sudden they had three doctors in and writing on the chart. He wasn't allowed to be near her. She's not competent. So, I mean, everybody knew that, but none of the women would say anything because they're afraid of losing their jobs, right? Mm. This was a rich person, you know, paying for a wing of a hospital, or, you know, something like that. So. It's uh, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, I didn't do anything any normal guy wouldn't do. You just, it's not right. You just put a stop to it, right? But yeah, but just goes to show that in even a place like a hospital has a culture where they let you know things that shouldn't happen. Well, happen and, and, and you know, not all hospitals are like that. But this particular group, it was a bad deal. It was just sad, you know. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. also, you would have seen some pretty crazy stuff in the psychiatric wards, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like dealing with those people, you'd you know you'd want a lot of security, I guess. There. Well, we basically we were the security. You know, when that's the thing, people think there's always security yeah. there to help you, but on a psychiatric ward, the nurse is the security, the nurse, the caregiver. You know. We're everything. We do it all. You know, even the, they get in trouble, they get in a fight, we have to wrestle them in, put them in a seclusion room or put them in restraints. So we get hurt a lot. We get hurt an awful lot. Like it's just, actually, I read some stats that the uh, the worst job in North America, I imagine it's the same throughout the world, the worst job for being injured is nursing. More so than a police officer, fireman, that's the number one thing that people would think, you know. But no, it's a nurse, and a psychiatric nurse gets hurt worse than any other, you know, because if they attack you, yeah, there's a lot of people, they can't help it sometimes. I mean, sometimes they can, but sometimes they're out of their mind, they just, they can't think straight. Well, you can't just start putting the knuckles to them. I mean, it's not a fight. You have to restrain them without hurting them, so we get hurt. You know what I mean? It's just... yeah. A terrible thing, um, but yeah, and and that wouldn't like you've you've worked in prisons as well, like that wouldn't get any rougher right. than that. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the prisons tend to get a lot more death threats in there, and you know, it's uh pretty brutal. We do get a lot of death threats. It's just it's terrible, and we get beat up a lot there. And you know, if you're a nurse, the guy might get locked up for a day or two, but if you're a a guard or the warden and they threaten you and you're locked up or shipped out and you know, but it doesn't yeah. seem to be the same if you're a nurse. Well, big deal, you know? Yeah. You just got to, they just send you in. Um, cause there's a, a lot of, there'd be a lot of people, you know, studying nursing, listening, listening to this and then thinking, you know, what am I getting myself into? You're, you're right. I mean, I, I tell young people like, you know, we need nurses, so I don't want to drive people away from it, but this is what you really need to know. This is what you're you're really in for a treat because it's not what you colorful think. Colorful career. Yeah, very colorful, yeah. And um, 
the other thing about all these events, when did you realize how long for your uh, nursing career were you like, wow, this is, this is a bit mind blowing. What, what, what goes on being a nurse? That, that happens right off the bat. Oh, really? Yeah. As a student, you know, you're exposed to enough. You think it's mind blowing and yeah. Yeah. Cause I actually have heard of people that left um, university and college because they couldn't hack it after just six months of it. Like, this is not for me. Yeah, that it's there's a high dropout rate. I think, in, in fact, I think uh, I was just talking about this with the fellow. We started with my class was 86 people, and we finished with 19. Oh. So that's a pretty high dropout rate. Yeah, you've got to be like I, I, I'm definitely not built for that. That's um, you, I'm not a serious person like that. Like that. That's. Yeah, well, you I'm know, not... a lot of people say that, but then they get doing it, and you realize you can do a lot more than what you think. And, yeah, you, you just know. do what's in front of you. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, um, but yeah, it does take a tough person to to be one of those nineteen from eighty six or, or whatever you just said. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very uh, academically, it's very hard. You know, there's a lot of stuff you have to know. People think that, well, the doctors make all the decisions. Well, yeah, they do, but before the doctor ever sees them, it's usually a nurse. And when you're on the floor, you know, a doctor doesn't see them in the middle of the night. If you've got chest pain or belly pain, it's the nurse that does the assessment and says, oh, they're having a heart attack. We better call the doctor. Or, the no, doctor. it's just gas. You know, it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, we actually know quite a bit. And if we don't do our job right, well, then people can die, right? So... Whatever happens if the nurse, like your your job obviously isn't to diagnose someone, but in the case where a nurse does see that it's not what the doctor diagnosed, does that happen? Then you then the challenging begins. Yeah, again, it does. It, the patient from the nurse. <laughs> it it does happen, you know. And sometimes I've done this myself. I've challenged a doctor or questioned the doctor. You know, and many times they'll say, well, but what you're forgetting, Jack, is because of this, this, and this, that doesn't apply. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes they give me a good explanation. It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. And other times they're shaking their head and they're like, really? Well, wait a minute. And they take another look at it, you know. So it happens a lot. And if it's a good doctor, they'll listen to the nurse. And often, even if the nurse is wrong, they'll explain it and the nurse will know the next time the difference, you know, but, but some just nurse don't want to hear it. Well, they're not a doctor. You, you guys have been around a hospital just as long or even longer in these, like, you aren't as dumb as the patients at all, you know, and you're definitely somewhere in between. Right. And, you know, someone like me, I've been at it for over 30 years. You get a new kid yeah. coming out of school, they're technically a doctor, but if they think they know more than I do about everything... You know that's not that's not the case. You know, yeah, experience. experience. Yeah, experience means way more than just the word experience. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And uh, one other thing um, in your book, you've talked about inequality. Um, what what do you mean by that? Like, like inequality, like um, through how, how did you mean? Where did you read that in a story or like like yeah, racial inequality that, or? Yeah, like you've got racism and inequality there. Yeah. So there's two or three stories that deal with that. Like um, in this, there's racism everywhere, but I found the further south I went, the worse it got. And it was a real eye-opener. I'd never seen blatant racism 
until I went to work in Houston. And uh, there's a lot of it goes on right in the hospital. I remember a nurse tech one time in, in my book. It's called, um, well, it's about there's a minister. And uh, so basically, he was having some bowel problems. He had to go to the to the bathroom. And the nurse tech went in to help him, and she was black. And I heard a commotion, him yelling and swearing at her and threw a box of Kleenex at her. She runs out of the room. And I said, what's going on there? And it's like he's calling her the N-word, yelling at her. Don't. And I went in the room and don't send any of those dirty N's in here, you know. And And this is a minister. Yelling oh. at the girl that's wiping his bum, helping yeah. him to do the pottying, you know. There's so, and he got away with that, you know. And well, he was getting away with it. I kind of stepped in. He didn't after that because how old was this he requested like? that only I take care of him. Mm. So I took care of him. I I said, okay, but I'm the head nurse. I don't have time to be doing this. That's her job. Don't send them in. And was so, this like an old guy a long I, time I made him ago? wait two or three hours. What's that? Was this like an old guy a long time ago? Well, this is about uh, 30 years ago, you know, uh, yeah. almost 30 years ago. Anyway, uh, I told him I would come when I had time. He said, that's fine. And I knew he had just got a big enema. <laughs> and so by the time I got back in the room, there was literally stool running mm -hmm. off the end of the bed onto the floor. And he was crying. And I said, well. It was just those dirty end people that you don't want in here. Yeah. You know what? He said, send them in. And he apologized to every one of them on the floor over the next week because his behavior was so bad. And uh, I'd have lost my job if they'd known I just let him sit there and, you know, yeah, dirty and himself. With... But he so was he, very um... rude and ignorant with her. So he had all these marbles. Oh, he had all his marbles. Yeah, he was. It's the racism down there. It's just. It's okay to do that. You know, I, still, another time I had like, a... There's still racism down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of it. There's lots of it down there. And, um, you know, I'd never really seen it until I went down there. We, we've seen it or you hear jokes. People tell off-color jokes and things like that. But down there, when you see a patient being mm. able to treat a nurse like that or the nurse treating the patient like that, yeah, you know... Right out in front of everybody, I'm thinking, what do they do when no when nobody's around, you know, to see how they act? I was working yeah. with a young lad one time. He he was shot several times, and he was just coming to, and and the police, a black fellow, and the police officer started saying, why are you working so hard to save that dirty N-word? No. You know? And, yeah, and no. I, this is in the ER in front of everybody. I thought, can you imagine the, that poor kid in the cruiser, what he have to deal with? When nobody's mm. around. And this is, and it was fine for them just to say that. Nobody would question him because he's a police officer, you know. Yeah. And that's oh. just, uh, there's a lot of that goes on in the hospitals, uh, you know, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. But, you know, somebody's yeah, sick I and they have think to. I that that's and, not happening these days. Like, it, like, that's just your stuff you see off movies and old movies. Well, that <laughs> was a while ago. But yeah, I would assume it's still it's probably still going on to a degree, you know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not too familiar with Texas or anything. A lot of Mexicans and 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 um, Hispanics down there, isn't there? Yeah, there's um. So there's another component. I'd imagine like the hospital would be full of everyone, every race. Yeah, 
Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of Spanish people where I was. Probably twenty five percent of the patients would be Mexican, and which created other problems because a lot of them couldn't speak English, so there was a language barrier, and that's very difficult yeah. to treat somebody. Yeah. They do have a lot of Spanish signs and everything in, in the state of Texas to cater for the residents there. Um, yeah, man, well, it sounds like a quite a career to be to be a nurse and become one and stay one for so long. And, uh, yeah, the, the book will be and is well-received by many that are, um, have read it. It has good reviews. Um, and it must be yeah, being the, the reason why you're writing another one, a follow-up. Yeah, yeah. I, I found when I was writing it that it was kind of, um, I don't know, relaxing or kind of therapeutic in a way. That's what they say, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something I tell my patients all the time when I've been doing therapy with them and stuff, And but then I was doing it myself, and I found it was good. In fact, a couple of the stories were kind of hard to write. I had to go back to them two or three times because you'd, you'd tear up and make you pretty sad, you know, because of the things you're writing about, you know, and they still stick with me this many, many years later, you know, some yeah. horrible, horrible things that you see. That you do see. All right. Well, um, yeah, well, we look forward on, on your next book. You'll have to come back on and tell us about that. But um, so one last time, where can people, uh, yeah, get in contact with you or buy the book? Okay, well, um, the easiest way is if you go to my website, it's Nurse Jack, just like the book, nursejack911.com. And from there, all my, my email and all, there's about 10 different places listed there that you can buy the book readily online, or you can go to pretty well any bookstore and order it. They'll order it in for you if you want. And there's the uh, the ebooks are out there, you know. Um, so a lot of people tell me they buy it off of Amazon, seems to be one of the big places, and Indigo and Barnes and & Noble. You know, yeah. but yeah, just when you go to the main website, if you scroll down, it shows you a whole bunch of places you can, you can yeah, buy it. Yeah, we've seen that before. So just jump on Amazon usually and, and then and grab yourself a copy. Yeah, that's what, that's what a lot of people do, but, uh, but it's available many places, you know. Yeah. It's just getting oh. it out there in front of people. That's the trick. Okay. That's what we're doing here, man. More right. yeah. well, Jack. You have a um, great evening, and thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll look forward on, on the second book as well. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate your time. No worries, Jack. Okay, well, you have a good day. You too, buddy. Okay, bye.